Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello all, welcome to Scary Talk episode 73. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. Hi, it's me. This is David, my boyfriend. We're gonna be reading some spooky stories to you today. Nice to talk to you all day, all again. Yes, yes, you might remember him or not, probably not, from that one bonus episode we did like a year and a half ago. It was like episode 10.1 or something. And it also wasn't a real episode. This is a real episode for sure. We're doing Campfire Talk part three, and this is my special co-host today. So how are you? I'm pretty good, just chilling. It's very, very hot. It is very hot in where we are right now, which is a private, private uh, location that will not be disclosed to the public. Yes, somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere. Somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere, it is indeed hot because it is not winter. That's the Southern Hemisphere. We all know that, right? Yes. Southern Hemisphere winter starts on June 21st. Fun fact. Did you know that? Yeah, we found that out last night. Yeah. Trivia. So, um, it is hot. It is also still Corona time. Uh, we are not able to go outside for now two reasons instead of just one. Yeah, it's double Corona time because yeah. of the weather. Yeah, exactly. No, that's funny. That's that's very funny. So, um, how am I? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, thanks for asking. Um, uh, it's okay. We, we, you're shy. We understand. Um, uh, I'm good. I'm also very bored, and I understand the struggle not being able to go out. Staying indoors all time. We've had about a half year of this at this point. Yeah. Isn't that Almost. right? Yeah, that's crazy. We all thought it was going to be gone in like maybe a month, two tops, and we still are here. So, yay America. Yeah, but I enjoy spending a lot of the quarantine time with you, so it's, it's not all bad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're pretty good too. <laughs> okay, um, so... News time, everyone. Uh, Sunny passed away. Um, she um, got hit by a witch broom, and she's not going to be joining me in the podcast anymore. She's joining Shannon in the Shadow Realm. So um, I'm just kidding, but that would be funny though. And I would have to test new co-hosts. That would be fun. That was a fun process. Remember Jared, everyone? He was great. So he's dead too. He's dead too. Yeah. <laughs> I killed him because the episode was so bad. <laughs> You'll have to stay with Annalise. Exactly. Um, okay, well, uh, we hope you're all doing good, and if you're all ready to get started, we are ready to get started, so... I think you should explain what a Campfire Talk episode is. True. For those of you who have not uh, listened to episode, to the, to the first two parts of this, Campfire Talk is... Do you know what episode number they are off the top of your head? No, and one of them is 48. One of them is 48, and one of them is in the um, early um, double digits, so like 13 maybe? Okay. But anyway, so part one and part two of this... Our um, campfire talk is me and my co-host just retelling scary stories, real or imagined. That's really up to you. Not really. We know most of them are fake, but <laughs> it's up to you. There's always the 1% chance. <laughs> There's always the 1% chance. We leave it to your discretion as an audience member. And that's campfire talk. It's just you picturing yourself with us. You're, you know, you're listening to us in your head. Just close your eyes. Pretend we're all sitting around a nice bonfire and telling spooky stories at night. We're going camping. Hi, we're going camping. There's nothing else to do, so we're going camping. Yay. Um, so, are you ready to get started, David? Sure. Yeah? Okay. So, I'm going to get us started with a spooky little story called Emergency Alert. Okay, now. Like in Hawaii that one time? Yes. <laughs> That's actually scarier than this. Just pay attention, though. So, 
Emergency alert. This is not a test. Immediate threat for residents of blank counties. Be wary of severe winds, lightning, severe rain, flash floods. Residents are advised, are advised to stay indoors. Please lock or bar all entryways into your house. Restrain from using any devices that emit light or loud noise. Please enter a room with no windows, effective indefinitely, issued by the National Weather Service. This was the message I was greeted by in the middle of an episode of Big Bang Theory, ew, in my living room. Frozen halfway through a forkful of Kraft mac and cheese, ugh, I sat bolt upright and turned around to look out the window. The sky, as I thought, was crystal clear. A few clouds, but nothing crazy. No rain. No thunder. Nothing. Confused, I turned off the TV, erasing the alert from the screen. My two dogs came walking over to me, and I patted them on their heads. One of my dogs, the other's brother, was shaking profusely. <laughs> that's a fun fact. That's a fun yeah. Was shaking profusely from the buzzing noise that's, that always shows up with Amber Alerts and the like. I left them in the living room and walked. Can you emulate what an Amber Alert sounds like? I forget. Thank you. And it's always a Honda. It's always a Honda or a Nissan. Nissan. It's always a Honda or a Nissan. That's true. Um... I left them in the living room and walked through my kitchen and onto my front porch. My neighbors, too, were standing outside their houses, all looking at the sky in amusement. An immediate threat? It didn't seem like it. I thought as my phone started buzzing with the same tone. Wait, wait. If you saw that, would you do what it said or would you walk outside? I, I, do you know me? <laughs> I'd absolutely do what it says. You would, would you at least, like, Google? Yes, but here's the thing. Would you Google first or after you did, the, like, blackout? And right after I take instruction at Google. Here's the thing. I understand that saying, oh, do you know me is a fallacy because it could go one of two ways, right? I'm very much the person who would be like, oh my God, immediate threat, like take cover. Or I would think it's the alien sending that alert. It's fake. There's like a story about this, another story. Um, and I, I would question the alert and maybe I wouldn't obey the alert. Or it's just Trump being an idiot. Hawaii 2.0. An immediate threat. It didn't seem like it. I thought as my phone started buzzing with the same tone. One by one, everyone else's phones started ringing. I should explain, I guess, that I've never experienced a severe weather warning for real. Not once in my life. I suppose it should come as no surprise, seeing as I live in Oregon of all places. I suppose maybe it was just a mistake, but just as a thought floated across my mind, I heard the siren. The siren of the squad car coming down the street. An officer talked to the speaker. This is not a drill. Please enter your homes immediately. Do not go outside under any circumstances. What do, you, what do you do at that point? Like, do you freak I, out? I do what he said. Okay. Like, then, then I feel, like, more confident that it's real. Okay. Never the kind of guy to ignore higher authorities. Pussy. I entered my house nervously, turned off all the lights on the above-ground floors, and took my dogs into the basement with a sleeping bag, some food, my phone, a charger, some spare batteries, flashlight, and other essentials. I called my brother, who lives a couple blocks away, and asked him if he had gotten the message. He had. I considered saying we should stay together to wait out the storm, but then I figured we'd probably get in trouble for that. So I hung up, got comfortable in my sleeping bag, opened TikTok, I added that, and I started browsing Reddit. Eventually, I fell asleep, seeing as I was under stress and I had woken up pretty early. It's funny, if I'm stressed, I can't fall asleep. When I woke up, I realized that I still didn't hear any rain. Seriously, nothing at all. More confused than ever, I decided to see if the alert had been called off. I turned on my phone and called my brother again. It went straight to voicemail. So I gave up. I decided to risk it and go upstairs. I had to squeeze between the door and the wall to keep my dogs from following me upstairs, but I won and they stayed in the basement. 
I walked through my kitchen to the front door and looked out the window. I squinted as I saw outside in the dark. Strange, seeing as it was only 2 p.m. judging by my clock. The TV flickered briefly. I looked around at it and it flickered again. But this time every device on the ground floor flickered. Thinking little of it, I turned around and looked through the door again. Every house on the block had its lights turned off. Nobody was outside, except for one teenage girl. A thin, short-haired girl wearing what looked like a pillowcase walked unsteadily down the street, very slowly looking, as though she was having some difficulty. I turned around, now extremely confused and worried, and got the dog's food bowls, which I'd forgotten earlier. When I looked up, one of the houses, the one diagonally across from mine, had its lights on and one of its windows broken. I shuddered and rushed back into the basement as the lights flickered intensely. I locked the door to the basement and sat on an old tattered couch that I had brought down there. The basement is where I put everything that I didn't have room for. So yeah, it's packed. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention something that may be worth noting. I live in a small town, a very small town, probably with a population of under 500 or less. You must live in Paris. As a matter of fact, it isn't even on most maps. We never make any news. We never have any scandals or anything. This is the first interesting thing that's happened, I think, since Mrs. Blank lost her dentures to a raccoon. And he says that he keeps this information withheld in like um, the footnotes of the story because for privacy reasons. Um, so there's that. So it's possible this whole thing seems way worse than it is. Call me crazy, but until a few minutes ago, I was thoroughly enjoying myself. I love these scenarios and my basement is totally secure. So I'm having the time of my life. That is kind of psycho, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I. Did he check the news or anything on his phone other than calling his brother? I, I know, no. Um, but his, his TV was flickering upstairs. Maybe he figured it doesn't work. I mean, that's the first thing I would do. Uh, me too. Okay. So he. Oh, okay. He decides to turn on his radio. Here we go. What harm could it do as long as I didn't turn the volume up too high? I was surprised to find out that our local radio station was still up and running. They were talking about the weather, so I listened hard for any news that I hadn't heard. There wasn't any. They were just as confused as us. Not wanting to listen to crappy pop music indefinitely, he means folklore, I turned into another station. This one was one I hadn't heard before. Could you give me the status of blank county? Over. No new developments. Over. Okay. Any fatalities? Over. What part of no new developments do you not understand, McClellan? I, they don't talk like that on. <laughs> they, they don't argue. They, okay, anyway. Um, a squad car will be passing through soon to scan the area for the target. Over. Any ETA on that, over? No, not yet, over. And any word from HQ Jones, over. Not McClellan, not yet. When will this story be over? I know, <laughs> not since one, not since 013 first got out, over. Well, let me know if and when they contact you, over. At that point, I lost a signal. Well, not really, but the connection got so weak that I could barely make out anything they were saying. I figured I must have found a police communication channel and I had been left with no answers whatsoever. That was about 45 minutes ago, as of me writing this now. Guys, I don't know what's going on. Do any of you live near me? You'll know if you've received the warning. I'd say what county I live in and which ones were affected, but I don't know too, for privacy reasons. Anyway, I'll keep you guys updated, okay? Until then, wish me luck. Update. Just a quick update before the first major update. About five minutes ago, a car alarm went off somewhere to the right of my house. I'm too freaked out to go check it out, but I'll go up and see how it looks tomorrow morning, and I'll update you then. And then there's like another part to the story, but I, I'm not gonna read it and I don't really care to because this to me was spooky enough. I love how it just like, it sets, it sets a longer story up very well, but it doesn't complete it and that's totally fine. I, I like leaving it up to my imagination. 
and it's also just very spooky because it's not out, it's not um, like, uh, it doesn't jump the shark. You know, it's very grounded in reality. Except he didn't check Twitter. Except he didn't check Twitter. Maybe he doesn't have one. I mean, he says he's a Redditor, so. Is it supposed to be set modern day? Like, is it from before the internet? I mean, he's getting Amber Alerts, so. Uh, and he was on Reddit. Yeah. So it's kind of a plot hole. Yeah. What do you think? Do you like it? Mm, like, if, if, like, that plot hole kind of ruins it for me. Like, he, he should have said something about, like, not being able to get on the internet or something if he wasn't. Well, but, I mean, but he was. He said he, said he checked Reddit. Yeah, but that was, like, before he was able to get hold of his brother, so maybe, like, something happened when he was asleep. Yeah. Well, I still like it. I just, I think it's very, like, nothing is explained, anything could have happened. My theory is the aliens. I mean, it, it makes me want to know what happened, but not want to read the whole story. I want, like, a plot summary. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so that's, like, a medium? <laughs> okay, so he's giving it a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, what you got for me? Okay, so, well, who, who's the story from? The story, uh, true, it's true. I need to credit. The story is from the Crystal Gem. I found all of my stories on the No Sleep subreddit, so you know they're real. And um, this is from three years ago. And it's um, actually one of the top rated stories on the subreddit. And I thought it was very good, and I thought it was deserving of it. I wonder if a lot of people like it because the rest of the parts, like the updates to this are really good. I wouldn't know. I didn't read them. This was good enough for me, so. Well, my first story is called Autopilot. And it's from ScarJo, so must be really good because she's a great actress. She is a great actress. She can play any race, any, any species, any gender. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> you need an Asian male tree? She can do it. <laughs> <You> need... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She can even play AI well. I mean, does it even have to be human? Um, Lesbian frog. Call her. <laughs> so autopilot. Have you ever forgotten your phone? When did you realize you'd forgotten it? I'm guessing you didn't just smack your head and exclaim, damn, apropos of nothing. The realization probably didn't dawn on you spontaneously. More likely, you reached for your phone, pawing open your pocket or handbook. Handbag, excuse me. <laughs> you know, the handbook I take everywhere with yeah. me. <laughs> and were momentarily confused by it not being there. Then you did a mental restep of the morning's events. Shit. Are we allowed to curse? <laughs> yes, we're allowed to go. <laughs> go ahead. In my case, my phone's alarm woke me up as normal, but I realized the battery was lower than I expected. It was a new phone, and it had this annoying habit of leaving applications running that drained the battery overnight. So I put it onto charge while I showered instead of into my bag like normal. It was a momentary slip from the routine, but that was all it took. Once in the shower, my brain got back into the routine it follows every morning, and that was it. Forgotten. This wasn't me being clumsy, as I later researched. This is a recognized brain function. Your brain doesn't just work on one level, it works on many. Like when you're walking somewhere, you think about your destination and avoiding hazards, but you don't need to think about keeping your legs moving properly. If you did, the entire world would turn into one massive, hilarious quap cosplay. Have you ever played that game? No. You have to like hit a bunch of keys in order to like move the guy's legs, and you're trying to like run a sprint, and you can make it like two steps before you follow him. Okay, okay. I wasn't thinking about regulating my breathing. I wasn't thinking whether I should grab a coffee on the drive. I was thinking whether I should grab a coffee on the drive to work. I did. I wasn't thinking about moving my breakfast through my intestines. I was wondering whether I'd finish on time to pick up my daughter Emily from nursery after work or get stuck with another late fee. This is the thing. There's a level of your brain that just deals with routine so that the rest of your brain can think about other things. 
Has yeah. a routine ever messed up your life like that? No, I don't think so. No. Are you very forgetful? No, I'm not. I am. Yeah, we've been new. <laughs> you know. Well, the listener doesn't know. <laughs> think about it. Think about your last commute. Who can remember their last commute right now? Yeah, no. I can, I can remember that. I can, I'll tell you that, yeah. What do you actually remember? Very little. <laughs> little, if anything, probably. Most common journeys blur into one, and recalling any one in particular is scientifically proven to be difficult. Do something often enough, and it becomes routine. Keep doing it, and it stops being processed by the thinking bit of the brain and gets regulated to a part of the brain dedicated to dealing with routine. Your brain keeps doing it without you thinking about it. Soon, you think about your route to work as much as you do keeping your legs moving when you walk. As in, not at all. Most people call it autopilot, but there's danger there. If you have a break in your routine, your ability to remember and account for the break is only as good as your ability to stop and your brain going into routine mode. Your ability to stop your brain going into routine mode. My ability to remember my phone being on the counter is only as reliable as my ability to stop my brain entering morning routine mode, which would dictate that my phone is actually in my bag. But I didn't stop my brain entering routine mode. I got in the showers normal. Routine started. Exception forgotten. Autopilot engaged. What do you think is going to happen? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this, I no idea. None. It's actually just a scientific essay about... Thank you, yeah, about how the brain functions on different levels. <laughs> My brain was back in the routine. I showered, I shaved, the radio forecast, amazing weather. I gave Emily her breakfast and loaded her into the car. She was so adorable that morning. She complained about the bad sun in the morning blinding her, saying it stopped her having a little sleep on the way to nursery, and left. That was the routine. It didn't matter that my phone was on the counter, charging silently. My brain was in the routine, and in the routine my phone was in my bag. This is why I forgot my phone. Not clumsiness, not negligence, nothing more than my brain entering routine mode and overriding the exception. Autopilot engaged. Okay. I left for work. It's a sweltering hot day already. Oh no, I know what's going to happen. Continue. The bad sun <laughs> had been burning since before my traitorously absent phone woke me. The steering wheel was burning hot to the touch when I sat down. I think I heard Emily shift over behind my driver's seat to get out of the glare. But I got to work, submitted the report, attended the morning meeting. It's not until I took a quick coffee break and reached for my phone that the illusion shattered. I did a mental restep. I remembered the dying battery. I remembered putting it on to charge. I remembered leaving it there. My phone was on the counter. Autopilot disengaged. Again, therein lies the danger. Until you have that moment, the moment you reach for your phone and shatter the illusion, the part of the brain is still in routine mode. It has no reason to question the facts of the routine. That's why it's a routine. Attrition of repetition. It's not as if anyone could say, Why didn't you remember your phone? Didn't it occur to you? How could you forget? You must be negligent. This, this is to miss the point. My brain was telling me the routine was completed as normal, despite the fact that it wasn't. It wasn't that I forgot my phone. According to my brain, according to the routine, my phone was in my bag. Why would I think to question it? Why would I check? Why would I suddenly remember out of nowhere that my phone was on the counter? Well, I don't know about this guy, but I definitely check my phone before lunch when I'm at work. You, yeah, yeah, okay. My brain was wired into the routine, and the routine was that my phone was in my bag. The day continued to bake. The morning haze gave way to the relentless fever heat of the afternoon. We know what that's like right now. Yeah, no, uh-huh. Tarmac bubbled. The direct beams of heat threatened to crack the pavement. 
People swapped coffees for ice smoothies. Jackets discarded, sleeves rolled up, ties loosened, brows mopped. The park slowly filled up with sunbathers and barbecuers. Window frames threatened to warp. The thermometer continued to swell. Thank God the office was air-conditioned. But as ever, the furnace of the day gave way to a cooler evening. Another day, another dollar. Still cursing myself for forgetting my phone, I drove home. The day's heat had baked the inside of the car, releasing a horrible smell from somewhere. When I arrived at the driveway, the stones crunching comfortably under my tires, my wife greeted me at the door. Where's Emily? Shit! As if the phone wasn't bad enough, after everything I'd left Emily at nursery again. I immediately sped back to the nursery. I got to the door and started practicing my excuses, wondering vainly if I could charm my way out of a late fee. I saw a piece of paper stuck to the door. Due to vandalism overnight, please use side door, today only. Overnight? What? The door was fine this morning. I froze. My knees shook. Vandals. A change in the routine. My phone was on the counter. I hadn't been here this morning. My phone was on the counter. I'd driven past because I was drinking my coffee. I'd not dropped off Emily. My phone was on the counter. She'd moved her seat. I hadn't seen her in the mirror. My phone was on the counter. She'd fallen asleep out of the bad sun. She didn't speak when I drove past her nursery. My phone was on the counter. She'd changed the routine. My phone was on the counter. She changed the routine, and I'd forgotten to drop her off. My phone was on in the out. My phone was on the counter. Nine hours. That car. That baking sun. No air. No water. No power. No health. That heat. A steering wheel too hot to touch. That smell. I walked to the car door. Numb. Shock. I opened the door. My phone was on the counter, and my daughter was dead. Autopilot disengaged. We stand. So where was his phone? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so... I know this happens in real life. People forget their children in their cars and they bake to death. Um, I mean... <laughs> I don't want to pass judgment, but also their child is dead. So, how does that happen? Like, it's different from a phone. It's different from a phone. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like a child is different from a phone. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, sad story. Unpopular opinion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Press F to pay respects. What, what was her name? Emily. Okay, well, she's fictional, but, you know. Emily, poor we Emily. Don't know that. We don't know that. You're right. You're right. These guys could be admitting to murder. Yeah. Cancel ScarJo. I showed David um, a TikTok last night uh, of someone like actually admitting to murder, though. Um, I mean, I have no reason to believe it's not real, but like, it, it, because of that, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy to just see that on TikTok on my for you page. Yeah, that was pretty messed up. It was pretty, but it was it was in like it, it was it was like manslaughter, I guess. It was like accidental murder. Yeah. But <laughs> they basically like screwed with someone's food with something they didn't know they were allergic to, and they gave them like an epileptic shock, so they died. And and now they're making a confession about it like ten years later on TikTok. But like they're not using the real voice. They're not using footage of themselves, obviously. And it's just like a TikTok that's there on an account that also has no identifiable information for the person. So it's like, okay. 
Anyway, let's continue. Um, good story. Yeah, I just, uh, I wish there was like a little more of a connection between the phone and the daughter because they're kind of like two separate things that messed with the routine. Like, I feel like forgetting his phone didn't make him forget to drop off his daughter. Yeah. But I understand the connection he was trying to make. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an author's writing. It, well, I mean, like, if that's how it happened, like, you can't make up something that didn't true, happen. true, and we know this could be real. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, never mind. Uh, okay, I have the story here for you. It is called, If You Can See This, It Is Very Important That You Keep Reading. Uh, in this case, hearing. So to all the listeners, keep listening intently. This is Colin Jacob Wayne of the United States Air Force. If you're reading this right now, it is very important that you keep reading until the end. It should take three to five minutes and it is extremely important that you read carefully and follow the instructions provided. Humor me if you must, but please don't look away until you've finished reading. Oh, and please try to stay calm. Any increase in your stress levels will draw their attention. <laughs> okay, ergo, <laughs> it sounds like the beginning, or like the, the backstory to a quiet place. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I won't go into detail as to how you got where you are. How you got here isn't as important as getting you out. Believe me when I say we are working on that right now. The best way to help yourself is to keep reading. Don't scan ahead, don't read out loud, because I'm fucked. Just read. Right now, you're probably thinking back on the past few days and nothing felt out of the ordinary. You went about your regular daily activities with nothing unusual to report. That's because they are very good, so most people don't even realize they're in the simulation. Even as our, code, as our code works its way deeper into their program, they are monitoring you, so please remain calm. It was tricky, but we found a way to communicate directly with you. We had to embed this message into your daily routine so it didn't draw their attention. You're probably reading this on Reddit, Facebook, or some other social media site. Might even be in an email forward or a book. We don't know. You might be listening to this on your favorite podcast. <laughs> we can't control how the message gets to you. We only know that you are receiving it. Subliminally, as your eyes are passing over these words, a code is being uploaded into your brain. Think of it as a computer virus, or in this case, an antivirus. Your brain is an organic computer, and they exploited that. They hacked right into your subconscious mind and overrode it with their simulation code. That's how they got in, and that's why everything appears normal. You might think that you're going about your daily life, but in reality, you're strapped to a table with tubes sticking out of your body. Now that the code is uploading, you may begin to feel some sensations. For example, one ear might feel slightly warmer than the other. You might even feel an itch or tickle. Don't scratch. Just let it be. Ignore the dull background hum you might hear as well. That's their program. If they catch, I thought it was a fridge. If they catch on before our code has time to work, they will abort the simulation. If that happens, you will be lost to us forever. Oh, and don't be alarmed, but by now, they realize we are in their system. You may notice some small changes, specifically a slight shortness of breath, or that you have to control your breathing manually, or that you have to yawn. This is normal. We know from other communication attempts that whenever they discover a code break-in, the first system they power down is the one controlling your breathing. Thankfully, even in the simulation, you are capable of breathing manually. That's so, like, that, what a fail in code then. <laughs> like, you're still able to breathe manually, so what, whatever they try to shut down doesn't work. Um, why give the NPCs, the NPCs so much power? I don't know. Anyway, awesome. You're doing just fine, just keep breathing. 
They probably figured out there's a glitch, but if our code is working, we've disabled their ability to do a hard reboot. Because of this, they will try other methods to disrupt the upload. It is very important that you ignore anything that might draw your attention from these words. If they pull you, by the way, when I was first reading this, I was actually doing what it was saying. I was like, <laughs> if they pull away before the upload completes, it will delete our code. Block them out. Ignore the movements you see in your peripheral vision. Those sounds you hear, the voices, they aren't family, friends, or coworkers in need of attention. They may even try to use your pets. They know your weaknesses. Overlook the notifications popping up on your screen if you're on a phone or a computer. Block them all out until you finish reading. It's just another way they'll try to break our communication link. Evidently, our code is working. If our code is working, sorry, the next thing you'll notice is an overwhelming urge to swallow. You don't realize it, but there's a feeding tube down your throat. You only know it's there because your tongue won't rest comfortably in your mouth. You might also become hyper aware of the amount of saliva being produced. I like this. Don't overreact. If you have to swallow, just swallow. It's only weird if you make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're still reading this, the code upload is about 90% complete. We've locked into your location. You're doing great, but you're really going to need to focus now. Once the upload is complete, there will be instructions you will need to follow to exit the simulation. That is, if you follow the instructions and haven't looked away. Complicating matters is the fact that they know now we are here and they know what we're doing. Their attempts to divert your attention through the simulation proved unsuccessful. So now they're going to use your body systems against you. They are in your brain. They want you to blink. Don't blink. Your life <laughs> depends on keeping your eyes open. Almost there. Just a few paragraphs more until the code upload is complete. Don't scan down or up. Just keep reading. I got you this far. Stay with me. Eyes open. Eyes front. Keep them locked on the screen. What if I blink manually? I know. Please focus. I don't want to lose you. I've lost so many already. Ignore it all. Block everything out. Ignore that tickle on your scalp and the itch on your arm. That's them attempting a manual override. Don't give up now. You've made it this far. Fight it. You're almost there. Just follow the instructions below and we can get you out. Embedded in this text are the steps you need to follow to unplug from the simulation. If we did this correctly, the first letter of each paragraph will tell you what you need to do. Don't look yet. The upload still needs to finish. Okay, I hope you didn't look. Upload complete. We've done everything we can on this end. See you on the other side. Is it send nudes? No, I'm gonna have you read the first letter of each paragraph, put it together, and once you have in your head, then read it out loud. Do you want me to read the letters out loud? No, the sentence. So he's scanning the story I just read looking at the first letter of each paragraph as the story instructed the reader to do to see what the instructions to exit the simulation are. And he's gonna, David's gonna tell us in a second. So what are the instructions, babe? What are the instructions? <laughs> I was right, it says send nudes. <laughs> babe! There is no way to escape us. Mm-hmm. Spooky! Okay, so what do you think? <laughs> Like the overlords just fucking with everyone? No, I think it was real, but maybe at some point before the upload was complete, like they were able to hack in or something. And they were able to change the first letter of every paragraph. Maybe you're right. It was just it was just it was just them. But also like you guys talked about this. If it is a simulation, who cares? If it is a simulation, I don't care. But then if I see something like this and like things actually happen as the thing says it will like like my dog starts and like people start talking to me and i get an, an a crazy urge to blink and then i realize like oh 
But if it, it's only happening because of them, and like, what if it's shitting on the outside? Like, maybe they're the bad guys. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for your insight. Okay, well, you, did you like the story? Yeah, it was pretty good. You spooked? <laughs> I think I like the first one better, so I give this like a five and a half. Okay, okay, well, what do you got? Okay. Let's see if you got something spookier. This is called I Am a Good Parent. Okay. So I have a theme going. I have two. They are beautiful. One is an adventurous boy at the age of four, yet respectful beyond his years. The other is an affectionate bundle of babbles with six months behind her. Together they are the overflowing receptacle of love for my husband and me. We want to teach our children to be the best they can be in the world. We are the breeders of curiosity and intelligence. Sounds like a Karen. Yeah. Some parents refuse to explain things to their children. They command them and expect them to adhere to their regulations without providing any justifications. Because I said so. Some don't want to elaborate on the happenings around them. It, it just is that way. Stop asking questions. Don't worry about it. I believe that those parents just don't want to think too hard. They're conditioning their offspring to be as ignorant of our realm as they are. But no, not us. All children should understand the world around them. We want them to question it, scrutinize it, struggle with it, and come to their own conclusions. Most adults really underestimate the capacity children have for comprehension. We know better than that. We are better than that. We have two, and we're going to make them magnificent. <laughs> okay. In the instance that our oldest inquires, Mom, Dad, why are you throwing away the lasagna you made the other day? We don't reply, because it's bad now. What would he learn from that? Of course he loves and trusts his parents and may accept that as a valid answer. But do we want him to follow us blindly forever? Absolutely not. He and his sister are to be our checks and balances when we age, and potentially lose our open-minded focus. The elderly can be so stubborn. So instead, we construct a clear observation box of Tupperware to keep the lasagna instead of throwing it away. After a few days, the leftovers spoil, and the nasty remnants are left for him to investigate Ew, so that's why you were going to throw away the leftovers, because they were getting bad. Exactly. He's so smart. We're doing a fantastic job as parents. <laughs> I think a parrot could be like, ew, stinky food, no thanks. <laughs> or, it's like the same as a parrot. Okay. We have two, and they're going to be perfect. But they're going to private school. Okay. <laughs> as most parents now know, children are such curious creatures. There are not enough hours in the day to perform an experiment on every question our little boy has. Instead, we will usually lead him onto a path for critical thinking. When he asks why, we query back, why do you think it would be like that? He'll ponder and fumble his way onto a few conclusions. Usually, he'll need some boosts into the right direction. One night, he called for us from his bed as I was tucking him into, as I was tucking in our littlest lady. Mom, Dad, I heard something in my closet. What was that? My husband chuckles as we come to his aid. Well, kid, what do you think it was? I think it was a monster or a ghost coming to take me away. Where have you seen one of those before? Have you heard about them on the news? Well, no. What kids are watching the news? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just stories from the other kids, but I never saw them. Our little one considered other possibilities. Maybe it was an animal? 
that was much more plausible than a supernatural being. I mean, that if there's an animal in his closet. Yeah, in his closet, that's where like did a skunk just like find his way into? I would think it's a monster. He's on the right track. I chimed in on this investigation. Honey, we're in a safe place here, right? My little detective agreed. Why don't we check to see what it was? Nervous, he slid out of the covers and padded over to the closet door. It was a sliding door, and inside we kept his clothes up top and a small table with art supplies at the floor. They keep the cave stuff in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a cup of crayons that must have been seated too far on the edge of the table, and the gravity finally got to them. There was a rainbow of wax sticks sprawled on the floor, leaving light marks on the white door. As assumed, our brilliant mini-man came to this conclusion all on his own. He would pave the way for his sister. We have two, and they're essentially already brilliant. Okay. I... <laughs> on a different occasion, he asked, Why do I have these bumps on my arm sometimes? We let him to deduct the situation around the occurrences. Well, I'm usually sitting still and I am cold, but why does my body do that? Since we can't read our DNA instructions within our home, we resorted to research. He cannot yet perform an intricate Google search, so it will be his typing fingers. We discover in this instance of cooling temperatures that our body are raising goosebumps in order to create insulation. It is working to make us warmer. Happy with his answer, he went on his way. Such a good child. We have two, and they're on their way to being great. I'm waiting for the plot twist where, like, these are dolls or something. <laughs> we'll have to wait and find out. Okay. Other times, such extensive questioning just isn't a viable option. Some sunny day, my husband and I tarried along our children to the local park. I was cradling my youngest when our boy walked to us, fiddling with his fingers. There's a woman who's watching me a lot, and I don't know why. We surveyed the park around us, but did not see any woman staring at us. Maybe it was another parent that didn't trust our children around theirs, and thus watched our boy frolic around her babe. It was a full grounds on this beautiful day, but it was obvious that our boy was unnerved. We asked him if he felt safe enough to investigate. He said no. Proud of his deduction, we let him know that we were glad that he could recognize when he felt uncomfortable and to come to us oh for support. Oh my god, these parents are so clinical, just... <laughs> Maybe they're like psychologists or something. Maybe, okay. We left the park explaining to him that sometimes you cannot investigate if it is not safe, but gave him our deductions to try to ease his mind. He wasn't happy with this answer, so we advised him about some scientists. They don't always have all the information that they need, so they can't finish their research. Every so often, one just has to move on to the next excursion without a real answer. We have two. But what would you, you do as a parent? Because would you say we're gonna say they're gonna be brilliant? Revolutionary. <laughs> Revolutionary. Okay. Yeah. Can you say magnetic? So <laughs> I would, I would just be like, oh, that's spooky. Let me walk over there with my two feet and look if there's some creepy homeless woman. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> Can you point her out to me? Yeah, like, not like, well, according to the love. <laughs> yeah, or like, even with the lasagna, you'd be like, it's gonna go bad it's because mold will grow yeah, up. Yeah, I'm not gonna let my Tupperware be ruined by mold because you can't just believe that it's gonna go bad. Yeah. Like, anyway. My daughter had a fever the other night. I cradled her as she sweat. My son asked why his dearest sister wasn't feeling too well. I told him we weren't sure, but the doctor said it would pass. He was visibly upset. As an older brother, it pained him to see his sister in any sort of discomfort. I placed her in her crib with a fan on and left her brother there to stroke her budding hair across her forehead. I just want to know why your head hurts, little sister, and I want to make it better. We have two, and they are loving creatures. Oh my God. I tried to distract myself with television as my husband was away on a business trip. 
but I managed to zone out into a nap. Later, I awoke and left the room to check on my daughter and to see what my son was getting into. On my way, I noticed his father's toolbox was open on the floor. Meticulous of a man he was, it was odd to see the box open and a couple of implements missing. I became irritated at my husband, as I know that I did not leave this array here. I went into the youngest one's nursery. There, her brother had investigated as to why his sweet little sister had such a fever. He was in the crib with her. He had the screwdrivers. It was a mess. He is the reason that I have won. Mom, I'm trying to look and see why sister's head hurts. I still haven't found any boo-boos in her. It is okay. I am a good parent. I remedied the situation. Because now, I have none. Man, white people, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, first off, that would never happen. Like, 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 no child is so deeply inquisitive that they have no understanding of pain. Like, I'm sure when he was like jamming a screwdriver into his sister's head, she was like, ow. No, she can't talk yet. Well, but she can like scream. He, yeah, and he's experienced pain. Yeah, like, oh, what does that scream mean? Guess I must keep jamming to find out. I feel like they've like let him burn ants with a yeah, he's, or yeah, to learn yeah, about yeah. That. Maybe the parents were psychopaths, so the gene was passed on, and like the little kid was born a psycho, mm -hmm. and the mom was like, oh, this is normal, and then now this happened. But because she's a psycho, she was then okay with killing her son when her son killed her daughter. Yeah, so yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Well, I like the story though. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that. Plot twist. I didn't. I really thought they were going to be like dolls and it was going to be the mom all along making them talk like a puppeteer. Yeah, I thought that's what it was going to be yeah. too, or like dogs or something. <laughs> Did you see that TikTok that's going viral of someone, like a woman being like, okay, time to make dinner for the kids. And she puts like, oh, yeah, like, like a horrible crock yeah, pot. Yeah, a horrible crock pot full of horrible things, like five pounds of ground turkey and leftover chicken and rice and shit. And people reacting to it are like, ew, like people do it in the TikTok are like, this is gross. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, kids come. And it's like the dogs. You yeah. know? <laughs> That reminded me of that. Okay, so I have I have a story for you. This is really good. Okay. It's called I've been flying. This is this is a short one. I've been flying for almost thirty hours, and the flight attendants won't stop crying. Ugh, every flight I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thirty hours ago. More like the flight attendants can't get me to stop crying. Yeah, <laughs> this is by Worcester Street. Um, thirty hours ago, I hopped on a late night flight from New York heading to L.A. After boarding, I saw that I had an entire row to myself. Take off pass without incident, and soon I was stretched out for a nap across the row. I slept for a few hours. I don't know how long, but I woke up to some severe turbulence. It's possible that the lights in the cabin went out for a moment, but I was so disoriented that it's hard to say. I checked my phone to see that it was 4.03 a.m., which I figured gave me about an hour until we landed. When I looked out my window, I was shocked to see nothing but wide open ocean. My jaw dropped. There's obviously no ocean between New York and LA. I hit the button to call the flight attendant and spent the next few minutes racking my brain for a lake that could have been possibly been big enough to explain what I was seeing. I jumped when the attendant flipped off the light. She was grinning from ear to ear and tears were pouring down her cheeks. How can I help you, sir? She asked. I froze for a moment at her reaction before deciding to just ask my question. Where are we? Why does it look like we're flying over an ocean? She wiped her cheeks to clear the tears, still grinning wildly. Sir, we'll be landing in about an hour. I, uh, okay, thank you, I said. After she left, I checked the clock on my phone again. 
4.03 a.m. blinked back at me. It hadn't changed. I had to have been waiting with my call light on for at least five minutes. How was it possible that it hadn't changed at all? I opened up my laptop and saw it too displayed 4.03 a.m. I pulled out my phone, started a stopwatch in the app, and spent the next two hours looking back and forth between the clocks, waiting for them to change. They never did. I tapped the shoulder of an older woman sitting in the row ahead of me. She looked back, an annoyed expression across her face. Yes? She asked. Do you know how long until we land? I asked. She narrowed her eyes. That flight attendant said it would be about another hour. I shook my head in confusion. That flight attendant? We talked almost two hours ago. We should have landed already. She stared at me as if I was crazy. I was going to continue trying to convince her, but I felt a hand on my shoulder. I spun to see a male flight attendant grinning down at me, tears pinging off his cheeks onto my shoulder. Sir, I'm going to ask you to calm down or I'll be calling the captain. I told him that wouldn't be necessary and sat back. He removed his hand and stepped away. The flight attendants continued to stop by every few hours offering meals. My stopwatch continued to tick up and is now telling me that I've been on this plane for more than 30 hours. I've explored all of coach and tried talking to some of the other passengers, but they've all told me that they're expecting to land in an hour or so. Around three hours ago, I tried getting into first class. I made it past the curtain, but was escorted back by two grinning flight attendants. Their grip on my arms were like iron. Sir, the seatbelt sign is on, one said. Please remain in your seat with your buckle fastened. We'll be landing in about an hour. i just about given up hope when a woman came down the aisle dressed in a business suit. She didn't look at me or slow down, but she dropped a piece of paper onto my tray as she made her way to the bathrooms at the back of the plane. I shot a look around before unrolling it. It said, can you spell magnetic? <laughs> no, it said, are you stuck too? I pulled out a pen and wrote, yes, it's been 30 hours. I folded the scrap of paper up and set it on the tray closest to the aisle. She left the bathroom and picked it up as she passed. It's been 20 minutes since then. I don't know why, but I don't think the flight attendants would like it if they knew we were talking. It doesn't matter. I have to do something. I'll update you all with whatever happens next. And there's like a part two to this, but just like with the other story, I like that it leaves it there. And I, I like just that like encapsulated on its own. I think it's a really good story and it leaves you thinking like what what's happening. Also, for those of you that don't get like, can you say magnetic reference, David and I watch America's Next Stop Model and it's like a big meme there. So that's that. Anyway. And it's become a meme on the internet. Yeah. So what do you think? What? I think if I was him, I'd probably try going back to sleep and see if... I'd try going back to sleep and see if that, like, fixed the problem. Because it, like, happened after he woke up. So maybe he, like, got stuck in time or something. And going back to sleep could fix it. I mean, I guess it could. I don't think so, though. Why not? I don't know. Well, what would you do? I don't know. I feel like I keep talking to that lady I with mean, yeah. the paper, devise some plan to get her out of this obvious time loop that we're on that no one else is on. Apparently, but why are these? Why are the flight attendants not just like normal, but like unaware that they're in a time loop? But not, they're not like that. They're actually like weird and like grinning and crying. Yeah. That's uh, so. It's not like some accidental time loop, like oh, glitch in the universe. It's like someone's making that happen. Aliens. But like, why do they keep serving meals if the time isn't changing? Like, aren't the people gonna be like, why they bring us meal after meal in the same? No, because period? like, time is changing. But but none of the other passengers seem to be perceiving no, it. No, but that doesn't mean that their bodies aren't. Like, their physical bodies are still gonna get hungry. But somehow, like, their brains are being like, you know, I don't know, mani manipulated for them to think that time isn't passing, and the clocks don't help. But I, I feel like you can't have both, like. 
them perceiving the time, like not perceiving the time, but also needing to eat. I think you can. <laughs> so that's my story. Well, that was my favorite of the ones you read. Okay. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You go. Okay. Let's see, you see, see what you got. This is called Thank You for Visiting Jack in the Box. Oh, me every day. <laughs> <laughs> and this comes from Don't Worry About It. Okay. Chili cheese fries. Shut up. Chili cheese fries. Like three milkshakes. Shut the fuck up. You already ordered. I wrote it down before I pulled up. Now let me order. (laughs) Nobody likes being the DD and nothing makes the position of being a DD worse than when your load of drunken friends insists on going to Jack in the Box. When they finally calmed down, I rolled down my window to find the woman on the other end was in the middle of a sentence. In the box, how may I help you? Hi, welcome to Jack in the Box, how may I help you? It wasn't enough to make me suspicious in the moment. She was probably just a tired employee who didn't have the patience to watch the security footage to see when my window would roll down and instead decided to repeat the opening line over and over again. Yeah, can I get a- Hi, welcome to Jack- That one threw me a little more. It was odd, but I just cut her off impatiently. Yes, hi! Oh, there was a moment of static. Hi. Hi, can I get a- I ordered, no point in enumerating every last thing. It was a lot of greasy food for a lot of drunken college students. When I had finished, the response was simply, Is that all? The female voice was small and frail, and sounded scared and slightly breathless. I paused. I was starting to get nervous. There was no other cars in the CVS parking lot. There weren't even any kids loitering around the 7-Eleven, which was usually common at that time of night on a Friday. The lights were all functional, though and there were cars going by on Abbott Avenue right beyond the low lining of bushes at the edge of the lot. I tried to feel relieved. It was two in the morning, and I was dealing with a timid, odd night owl employee. Yeah. Come to the first window. This time the voice was much stronger. It was full-bodied and professional. It was shocking in a way that I didn't really understand, but I pulled forward just as my friend Sandra reached forward and twisted the volume of the electric song, electronic song playing off of Ethan's iPod. I sighed. When I stopped at the first window, I was greeted by a charming blonde face. She smiled through the closed window before pulling it open briskly and announcing in the same confidence voice, 2345, hon. I handed her my credit card and she took it, turning away from me to run it. I fell into the drunken interactions that were going on in the car for a moment, asking Ethan to see if Sean was still breathing, telling Taylor to stop singing loudly and crudely. I forgot all about the window for a long moment before I realized that I was probably being rude. When I turned back to the woman, when I turned back, the woman was still turned around. Ma'am? When she turned back, her skin had gone ghostly white. She was visibly shaking, and her teeth seemed to be chattering. She was scratching something just behind her right ear, out of my view, vigorously. Her huge blue eyes were wide open, communicating what I can best describe as shock. Despite the fact that she was shaking, when she brought her arm up, it was steady. She handed me my credit card and receipt, leaning forward to do it. Her face was closer to mine than a fast food cashier's ever had been, and when she smiled, I recoiled. It was a sudden, mechanical, and without a doubt, the falsest smile I had ever seen. It looked like her mouth had simply been stretched to give the illusion of a smile. She spoke in that tiny, scared voice. Drive through to the second window, please. I had to say something in the moment. Are you okay? She leaned back into the restaurant, still wearing that smile, and closed the window. 
but she didn't stop staring at me. The shaking subsided. The smile did not. The second window was also closed. I pulled out my phone and checked Facebook, trying to get my mind off of the noise in the car. I was used to jack-in-the-box taking like two minutes, and when three went by I started to wonder. When seven went by, Ethan got out of the car and walked over to the window, knocking on it and screaming for food. When she finally came to the window, I got out of the car and pulled Ethan away from the window. When I realized it was the same woman, I froze for a moment. It was never the same woman. Either it was two different people, or they just closed the first window. It was, an it was an inefficient way to run a fast food place, and it just wasn't done. Ethan wandered back into the car as she opened the window. She stuck out two bags, and I took them. She wasn't shaking anymore. She looked calm, except for her vacant expression. She was looking right through me. Are you okay, ma'am? I noticed at that moment that I couldn't hear any sound coming from inside the restaurant. You could always hear the clanging of the kitchen no matter when you visit Jack in the Box, but all I heard was the rumbling of my idling engine. Suddenly the woman's eyes snapped to mine, and once again they got big, despite the fact that her expression remained composed. Her upper, upper lip trembled for a moment. Ma'am? Just then I saw headlights in my rearview mirror pull into the drive-thru. When I looked back, the woman was staring intently at the headlights, before her head snapped right back to me. She scratched behind her ear again, and I noticed for the first time that her thumbnail was missing. There was nothing but blackened, rotting nail bed. And then she dropped her hand, and her expression molded into one of courtesy and service. She smiled that same dead smile. Thank you for visiting Jack in the Box. She slammed the window shut. My friends ate everything in the car, moaning with pleasure with every ketchup-covered fry and jalapeno popper. When we got home, everyone managed to stumble inside, Ethan carrying the last bag, eating the occasional stray fry out of the bottom. I went to bed without so much as a word. The next morning, I noticed that Ethan had dropped the bag in the hallway. I begrudgingly picked it up and was about to throw it in the trash can when the receipt fell out, along with a few ketchup packets. I hadn't read it. Who does? I just shoved it in the bag. But when I picked it up, I realized that three words had been scrawled on the back in a barely legible, shaking scrawl. Don't eat it. Yeah, I figured that's what I was going to say. That's pretty creepy. So what do you think happened? I think that someone was threatening her. Um, she was the only person in the restaurant. Like Everyone else left, but they only kept her for some reason. And they were threatening her, like, threatening her to act as if everything was still normal and like cook the food but like whoever was threatening her was trying to poison every customer that came up to the drive-thru but like the friends weren't dead I'm, I don't know maybe it's like aliens <laughs> I say that for every story <laughs> I mean we don't know if they're not dead he hadn't checked on them yeah I guess true very true I think maybe she was just like mentally ill wow that's so spooky babe <laughs> I mean that can be spooky yeah I guess <laughs> Not that kind of spooky though. That's like real spooky. That's like last episode on Jeffrey Epstein and Pizzagate. Like we get it, the world is terrible. I mean, if it's real, that would make it real. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not saying real. I'm saying like more like supernatural spooky. Not so much. Oh, she's schizophrenic spooky. I mean, that's scarier to me. Okay. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing what you find scary. Yeah. It's eye opening. Mm -hmm. Expands my mind, makes the podcast diversified. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go back <laughs> and talk to Sonny about <laughs> you know, Vampires Part 2. Yeah. Look out for that. Um, 
yeah, that's all we have today. Everyone, if you enjoyed the podcast, um, uh, please do let us know by uh, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast listening platform that you use that you can leave us a review on. Do that there. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Comment on the Instagram post what your favorite story was. Yeah, please let us know. Um, also, remember that you can find this podcast on any podcast listening platforms. That is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, etc. David? Oh, actually, before we go, I do want to talk about what, something. What's your social media? My, no, okay, the, the yes. Podcast. Social media, my social media, <laughs> I'm not. With the podcast, you can find us at Talk Scary on Instagram and Twitter and at Scary Talk on our Facebook page. Um, I did want to touch on Free Britney for a second. So, David, <laughs> what do you know about Free Britney? Uh, well, I saw a headline saying that, like, She's trying to get the conservatorship changed from her dad to someone else, but I didn't know who the person was. Okay, so last I spoke to Sunny about this, I'm just I'm <laughs> trying to make sure that the update. Okay, last time last time I spoke to Sunny about this, um, I know that Brittany had um, tried to have the Sue meeting with like this judge that was gonna review the conservatorship. And um, the meeting had to like get canceled because Brittany apparently couldn't attend. She was having Wi-Fi problems, which is just insane. Okay, sure, she was having Wi-Fi problems. So that meeting was dismissed and it was rescheduled. As far as I understand, the rescheduled meeting has taken place and now Brittany is actually in talks with this court to see if this conservatorship is gonna end in uh, late September. So. so it's not about changing it anymore? It's about ending it? Well, what did you hear? What do you mean changing it? That she wanted the conservator to be someone other than her dad. It was some woman. I didn't recognize the No, name. no, no. That's not what I heard. You, you might be thinking of the fact that um, there's a new person that's part of the conservatorship. That, like, she's worked with other celebrity conservatorships before. She's very controversial. I can't remember her name, but now she's involved with this one. That's maybe what you heard about. But no, she isn't petitioning the court to change who the conservator is. She just wants the conservatorship to end. I mean, maybe, like, the headlines got it wrong, but that's definitely what the headline said that I looked at. Okay. Well, just giving an update to the listeners, and I wanted to see how much... Do you think it'll happen? I think it'll happen. If not, very, very soon. A little bit later on, but hopefully soon. But I think so, but I also just want it to happen. Like, I'm obviously biased, because God, poor Britney, but I do think it is going to happen. So... We support you, Brittany. Yeah, just an update on that. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Free Brittany Podcast. Uh, remember that we'll be back next week with more. And like I said, please do let us know if you have any podcasts, any podcast ideas. <laughs> I mean, do let us know. Let me know if you have any podcast ideas. I want to start a new one. But also let us know if you have any episode ideas for future episodes on our social medias. So, David, anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. Thanks for having me back, everyone. Yeah. I'll see you again in 50 episodes. Yeah, thank you for joining us again. <laughs> um, remember, everyone, that um, the Mothman is real. Never have children, because you'll inevitably kill them one day. David showed you two ways to do it today. Yeah. And. Uh, but if you do, write a scary story about it. Yeah, make it good. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.